Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Happy Hour Radio, sponsored by Mary Hill Winery. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Hey, Seattle. Hey, Puget Sound. It's time for Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, Advanced Sommelier, your weekend wine guy, Commodore of Cocktails in uh, Sake Samurai. If you ever heard that show last week, two weeks ago now, we had uh, Sushi Kapo Tamura, and we were talking about sake. But today, I'm talking about Italy, and uh, there's a lot of great wines down in Italy. Of course, the whole boot has uh, great wines from heel to toe and top to bottom. And uh, I have the pleasure of uh, digging into Tuscany this week, and I hope you uh, got something nice in your glass. Sit down, relax, and we're going to talk about uh, world-famous Sassacaya, Aregno, and Sette Ponti. These are famous wines out of the Tuscan region, also known as Super Tuscans. And uh, if you're like looking for some wine time, you want to get out and about, you got to join me uh, September 12th, Saturday, September 12th, for the Gold Medal Wine Experience. This is the uh, the big event featuring all Washington wines, gold and double gold award winners. And uh, tickets are available at westseattlefoodbank.org or seattlewineawards.com. It's uh, 4.30 to 9. And we have 100-plus gold and double gold award-winning wines. So look forward to seeing you at the Gold Medal Experience on Saturday, September 12th at the Seattle Waterfront Marriott. Again, that's a benefit for the West Seattle Food Bank, westseattlefoodbank.org. And right now, it's uh, I'm getting thirsty even talking about wine, as I always am here on Happy Hour Radio. I've got Marco Sorio, who's the brand director for the Italian portfolio of Co-Brand. And uh, I've got a great relationship with Co-Brand. They've got uh, fantastic wines from France and Italy, of course. And uh, uh, my pleasure to welcome Marco Sorio. Well, hello. How are you doing? I'm great. This is a, a wonderful evening now, Saturday night. We're sitting and relaxing and... Uh, I'm just uh, about to dive into some beautiful wine. So, Marco, tell me about your background. How did you get in the wine business? Well, it, actually, for me, the wine business has been a labor of love. It's, uh, I, I come from corporate America and uh, got a great opportunity to uh, transition into something I enjoyed. And it's a combination of, of wine and, and Italian culture. I'm Italian by birth. I'm Italian um, uh, by... <laughs> by my father and mother getting together and being from Italy and me growing up there. So the and, stork wasn't Italian, which you're telling me. It wasn't yeah. the stork. It was the <laughs> it, it, Yeah. Uh so um you know it's 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 a it's it's something that that when I made a decision to get into the industry or into the into the channel, I you know, I looked at what I spend my most of my free time and I'm I'm a heavy Collector, and then you know, I spent more money on wine than I did on my wife. So, I decided let me let me see what what the, this thing is all about. And I've been very fortunate to be in the industry for the last eleven years. And for the last seven years, I've been with Cobran, which is one of the I don't know you, one of the the uh, earliest uh, importers into the U.S. market. Uh, great family. It's still a family-owned company by the Koff family. And uh, you know, I I handle the Italians. Uh, you know, nobody Do you, else. Hey, you rough them up a little bit. You yeah, know? it's you know the the culture is a little bit different than the Americans. Uh, <laughs> a bit. And you know the negotiating style. It's a little bit more. Uh, how would I say? We I usually close the door of my office when I have conversations overseas, 
but uh, you know it's it's a wonderful opportunity. It's a wonderful portfolio. We have some of the uh, original uh, great wines, some of the iconic wines from from the the boot of Italy, and uh, you know it's something that. Uh, you know, I'm very proud to be part of it, and I'm. You know, we're we're actually I'm excited today because we're we're going to talk about our super Toscans, especially Sassicaia, which yeah. is a quintessential uh, go-to wine in in Italy and actually in the world. I mean, it's one of the the most collectible uh, products out there. Um, so you know, it'd be great to get into it. And I don't know if you want any other information. Oh, uh, that's great. Or? Well, <laughs> I'm into wine as well, as you know, being the host of Happy Hour Radio, sure. wine, spirits, cocktails, beer, fresh food, and events. And it's always exciting to have a little bit of an accent on air. And I'm uh, pleased to have an opportunity to taste these great Super Tuscans. Well, let's talk about Tuscany. Mm-hmm. Tuscany, of course, is just below Piedmont, right? In uh, it's central Italy. Yeah. It's it's actually right below Emilia Romagna. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, you know, and it's it's a very diverse region. I mean, it starts on the west coast by the water, uh, the Mediterranean Sea. So you're gonna see, actually, you'll be able to taste through this wine the influence of the different uh, territories, the different terroirs. So it starts on the west, uh, and it goes almost to the right of the boot, um, a little bit before the Apennines. Uh, but you know, different characteristics. Uh, it's it's home to some of the greatest wines in Italy. The Brunellos, uh, the Super Tuscans, which we're going to be featuring today, uh, Vino Nobles come from from the region, and obviously, you know something that most people are more familiar with are the Chianti Classicos in the the, the region of on the right side of, of of Tuscany. Yeah, and so primarily the grape is known for, uh, of course, mostly Sangiovese Correct. and uh, Sangiovese Grosso and the Brunello clone of Sangiovese. So Brunellos are the uh, the most beautiful uh, Sangiovese expressions. We say, of course, Chianti Classico is just old world traditional styles. But it's it's also a great region for growing uh, wine. You know, there's there's some super Tuscans that come from that area that are that are superior. Um, you know, it, it has a little bit of bad rap because it was one of the initial uh, wines that came into the United States. So you know, people think of Chianti Classico and they think of the the, the flask with the the, the 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 straw flask. Fiasco. Fiasco. Yes. Fiasco. Yeah. Fiasco. Yeah. But it, but right now in the last few years has been a resurgence of quality. It's actually uh, probably is the first uh, volume producer of quality Italian wines in the in Italy. Um, there's other regions that produce more wine, but Tuscany has most of the the uh, the DOCGs and the. IGT higher class uh, of wines. Yeah, so the term Super Tuscan, obviously, uh, in the last, let's see, it'll be 25 <clears throat> years now almost, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, in the early 90s or late 80s, um, uh, two areas along the western side of Italy and Tuscany, uh, Maremma and Bulgari, were known mm-hmm. for their ability to grow uh, world-class grapes outside of the... the um, well, the regulated grapes, which the were known as yeah, yeah, traditional grapes. And it's interesting that I don't know if people really realize that Chianti was able to, uh, the region had laws where you actually had to blend white grapes in before. Correct. They, they, they had to blend indigenous varietals like, like Colorino. And they're basically, to a large extent, they were field grapes. Field blends, yeah. Field blends. They were, they were grapes that had been growing there for, for decades, if not centuries. And it's a, it was a way of subsidizing the local farmer to make sure that you know you kept that that income uh, going as far as being able sure. to 
to add it to the blend. It's changed somewhat now. Now most of the blends that you'll find in some of the Chiantis are more the uh, the Merlots or the Syrahs or, or they add a little bit of other gray for a little correct, body. Correct. So you you still uh, you'll you'll still be able to find the, the Trebianos and the Colorinos and so forth. But uh, um, you know it's. It's a little bit changed from... Yeah, they from, wanted from to step up their quality. And what's oh, yeah, cool about quality, it comes down to uh, uh, Sasakaya and the uh, Super Tuscans of the world. So let's talk about Bulgari and Maremma. And this is, how did this area become uh, quite famous for Bordeaux varieties? Well, actually, this is a, a great segue because Sasakaya was the first Super Tuscan. They're basically uh, the winery, uh, the company, the, the, the visionaries that identified that... Uh, uh, French Bordeaux would grow Bordeaux grapes or, or, or blends would go grape in the in the Bulgari area, and it's basically all due to one family, which is the Inchiza family, Inchiza de la Rocchetta family. It started with Mario, then his son Nicolo, which actually right now manages the estate or runs the estate, and they they started by just making wines that, you know, he was, uh, Mario was an aficionado of Bordeaux, and he said, well, let me see if I can do this down here. He just started by making wine for the family, for friends, and after some of the friends and family tasted wine, <laughs> say, well, guess what? You can, you have a little bit more than that. That is such a garagiste. Hey, buddy, this is pretty good. You should start making wine commercially. Yeah, yeah. The Chisa family is one of the, it, they're Marqueses. They're one of the royal families of, of Italy. Um, so it, I don't know how much of Garagiste they had at the right, beginning. I'm but, sure. Uh, well, Marchese means count. Is that right? Uh, no, it's actually uh, it's it's monarch. No. no, no, it's one. It's Italian. It's one level below prince. So uh, so it's 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 up there. It's, it's uh, up. <laughs> uh, is that it's, rook? <laughs> yeah, it's above duke. So I guess yeah, count. Uh, um, yeah, A baron. Baron will be a good thing. All no, right. actually, actually, no, it's Baron is from France, and I think it's a little bit above Baron. Not Baroni? Baroni, no. <laughs> I, I have the pleasure to speak with Marco Sorio, the brand director for the Italian portfolio of Co-Brand, and we have, we have so three great Super Tuscan wines, Sasakaya, Areno, and Poggio yeah. al Lupo. And uh, just talking about the origin of Sasakaya, what year was this? Uh, the first vintage that was released... Was I believe sixty eight? Sixty eight. Yeah, that's that was you know like you said the garagiste uh -huh. type of uh, version. Then um, right after that, um, you know they started producing it with with an actual label and with. Uh, I with see. A but uh, I, I, he, what's interesting checking. is yeah, what's interesting too is yeah. that originally they couldn't call it any Super Tuscan. They no. couldn't call. They had to label it. Uh, uh, Indicazione Geographica Typica, actually, or was that not, just, no, Red Table Wine? Not even that. It started as a Vino di Tabla. Vino di but tabla. It, it's actually gone the full cycle, because right now, it's the only wine in Italy that has its own dock. Uh, so they identified that the excellence of the way that they make the wine uh, warrants for, for them to have their own dock, which is basically a... a Denominazione di origine controllata, which is a, basically a, a standard bearer for, and the only wine in Italy that has their own docks, and they're the only dock that has their own wine. I mean, it's something. So they went from being a vino da tabla that, you know, usually is referred to uh, some of the lower wines to to one of the higher echelons of Italian uh, wine classification. Which is cool. So it went from table wine to uh, 
a DOC wine, which is recognized as a specific area sure. uh, for that that winery and those grapes, and that's a single uh, origin. They've only got four of those in France, of all places, as well. Yeah. So I, this is world uh, world class uh, sure. growing region. Mm-hmm. And the family again is the name. It's the Marquesas in Chisa de la Roqueta. Chisa de la Roqueta. In Chisa de la Roqueta. In Chisa. Yeah. In in uh, right now the the head of the family and and actually the man behind the. The, the grandeur or, or the development of Sasikaya is, is Nicolo, uh, Marchese Nicolo di Incisa della Rocchetta. Yeah, we got to learn that. Well, <laughs> I should uh, put that on the website about these I great usually, names. I usually, when I send emails, I just call him Marchese. You know, that Marchese. Way the, that way there is no no mis- misinterpretation. Well, so there. fun. So in 68, they started producing it. In the early 70s, they started labeling it and marketing it. But mm-hmm. uh, a certain a significant time came in 92 when uh, Italy changed the laws to sort of recognize this this brand of wine, meaning Correct. IGT, Indicazione Geografica Tipica, which is special from that particular place. And now it's got its own DOC. You're right, great. Very cool. Well, um, we have other wines here, Poggio Alupo and Oreño. Now, these aren't related to Sasakaya. They're a different different. Uh, no, boat. these are two great uh, wines that we have from the Moretti family. Antonio Moretti has different properties across Italy, and this is one of basically two of the iconic wines, one from uh, Maremma, Poggio Alupo's Maremma, which is uh, same in the, the, the Bulgari Tuscan coast, a little bit south. And the other one is Oreno, which comes from Arezzo, from the Sette Ponti estate, which where the family's from. He also has pro- properties in in Sicily and. Oh, that's know. right. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's a he's a little bit of a newbie. I mean, the the Marcheses uh, and cheeses have been making wine for a few hundred years. He's <laughs> uh, he's an entrepreneur. Uh, and, you know, he's maybe just 20 years in development into the wines. Well, so I love it. So when we come back from this break, we're going to oh, dive into uh, wines from Maremma and wines from the interior of Tuscany, meaning Arezzo, which is a beautiful little town. And, of course, we'll, we'll f- uh, finish up today with a little <clears throat> bit of 2011 Sasakaya. And, uh, of course, the movie that made Sasakaya famous, I guess, well, most recently was Sideways. Um, and uh, if you have any questions about these wines, send me an email to ask at happyhourradio.net. And if you ever miss a show, don't fear, don't fret. You can go online and visit us at happyhourradio.net. We've got all the uh, shows online, the MP3 files you can download, you can share, and uh, you can always have a good time. So stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Madeline Puckett with WineFolly.com, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KVI. The Commute with Carlson, weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. on Talk Radio 570 KVI. You're in the know with KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, welcome back for round two of Happy Hour Radio. I hope you've got a, a new beverage in that glass or just finishing up the sips of that uh, wonderful drink you've got going. And I'm glad you join us here uh, every Saturday night, 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock on 570 KVI. Um, want to uh, 
Well, I want to invite you to this big event I've got going on. It's called uh, the Gold Medal Wine Experience, and it is uh, Saturday, September 12th over at the Waterfront Marriott Hotel. It's a benefit for the West Seattle Food Bank, and it features 100-plus gold and double gold award-winning Washington and Oregon wine. So uh, it's harvest time in the States, and we want you to come down and celebrate all the good juice that, uh, well, the gold and double gold award-winning wines. Um, Gold Medal Experience at... Seattle Waterfront Marriott Hotel, Saturday, September 12th. Tickets available at seattlewineawards.com. Information and tickets at westseattlefoodbank.org. Well, right now, uh, I am making myself thirsty. I've been uh, salivating, chomping at the bit to dive into these beautiful uh, Super Tuscan wines um, from Italy, of course. And I have the pleasure of having Marco Sorio, the brand um, director for the Italian import side of Cobran, which is a, a huge, huge company, but very, very small as well. So it's got Cobran windandspirits.com if you want to follow along online I gotta check it out but right now Marco tell me about Poggio al Lupo well uh, Poggio al Lupo is a wine uh, made again from one of our family partners in Italy uh, which is the Moretti family which is Antonio Antonio Moretti it's a wine that comes from the Maremma Toscana which is in the west uh, side of, of Tuscany right on the water so it's a wine that gets the influence of of uh, the maritime uh, weather, and it's it's composed, it's it's made of 100% Cabernet, Cabernet Sauvignon, obviously not an indigenous varietal to uh, to Italy, but one of the great grapes that has found a place in the uh, Tuscany and actually in some other regions in in Italy. Um, it's Poggio Lupo, which basically means den of the wolf. Is, den of the wolf. Yeah. Lupo is wolf, and so Poggio, Poggio will be den of the wolf, or whatever that is. You know, and, and obviously it goes back to when and, and there's probably some wolves still running around there. But it's, it's where originally you you could find the the wolves, uh, you know, hunting the cinghiale, which are you know the the wild boars in in in, in Tuscany. Wow, a little cat and mouse, or <laughs> wolf and wolf and boar. Yeah. Uh, so, Poggio al Lupo is an interesting um, wine from Tuscany, of course, because you're telling me it's 100% Cabernet Sauvignon. Correct. And uh, I just took a sip of this. What what I find was striking is that it has a great Cabernet aroma. Mm-hmm. Um, the wood seems just very pre- just slightly present. I get a touch of new, but it seems to be well, uh, uh, well. Yeah, it, it, it it's it's not an over. There's not that much uh, heavy use of new oak. Right. It's it's uh, uh, the barrels. Uh, we do use the smaller barrels, but they're not heavily toasted. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a true expression of the grape versus not too much uh, change uh, with 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 the manipulation. In, in from manipulation, oak, yeah. correct? It, it, which you'll find true in in a lot of Italian wines uh, in that area where you know. Um, sometimes they don't even use the small barrels; they, they use the larger botti, you know. Which, again, it gives it some character, it gives it some finesse, it gives it some uh, complexity to the wine, but it doesn't overpower the, the taste profile of of the original grape. Yeah, that's the first thing that jumped out at me is that it has this beautiful uh, cabernet aroma, which you get hints of uh, blackcurrant, a little boysenberry, because I get a touch of red fruit here, mm-hmm. uh, but you get a little bit of that. Um, Spice, uh, thyme, some herb, and in the mouth, uh, it's amazingly. It's got such bright acidity, and uh, the tannin is so soft. How do they do that? 
how did they, they <laughs> it's magic it's magic it's oh. uh it, it's it's like you know it's is it's making sure that uh it's aged at the proper time in, yeah. in the barrels um making sure that you know it, it goes through a couple years of of aging um it, it's soft what is the elevage they say that that's what aging is the maturation is probably what uh two and a half years yeah it's two and a half year in barrels and then obviously goes through about six to to twelve months in in bottle yeah that's and such a, a, a an Italian tradition too you age it in oak then you age it in the bottle as well yeah uh, you For know Spain and, too I guess yeah yeah and then obviously it needs another five or six months to get to us so you know you get some additional aging in in the bottle when you know in transportation but so uh, this is 2011 and and the Saskatchewan. Let's talk about the vintage that year. Yeah, what were the conditions? It it was a it was actually a very good vintage. Uh, it it was, um, um, pretty much standard or, or consistent uh, uh, weather uh, through through the whole development cycle of of the grapes. Um, it did have a long summer, but it wasn't excessively hot. So you know the grapes got a good chance to mature on on the vines, and uh, you know it was it was basically a typical uh, Tuscan Maremma weather, uh, which you know with no surprises, no big rains, no mm-hmm. nothing that that would influence any kind of changes to the to the wines. So you know we're very happy. It uh, we had a, a, a string in the early, you know. The 10, 11, 12s were phenomenal vintages out in the in the area, so we've been very fortunate with that. You know, wine is all about uh, nature, so if nature <laughs> collaborates, then we're very happy. Well, we've had a lot of nature going on this uh, in our neck of the woods here in Washington State with the extreme heat, and mm-hmm. um, obviously vines shut down when it gets too hot, but uh, the Maremma area, of course, is right next to the Mediterranean, and how far are these vineyards from actually water? Uh, maybe one or two kilometers, depending on which vineyard you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, that's wild. It's, it, and, and, and that's the beauty of the Maremma, it, that it gets that maritime influence, that, uh, you know, that, that, that freshness, that salinity component that you get from... You get from, the breeze, which keeps uh, yeah. some of the mildew pressures away, and exactly. obviously the heat. Can it be humid down there as well, I imagine? Yeah, but again, the, the, the sea brings in yeah. the, 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 the winds, and, and you know, it keeps the, the grapes nice and nice and fresh. So and, Poggio Lupo 2011, coming from great vintage, um, this is a, quite a classic example of an Italian Cabernet, because there's something about Italian wines, and I think it's always this bright acidity. It's just... Mm-hmm. It's just there's something common amongst all these wines. Yeah, it's it's you know in, in you know Italian wines, Italian, it's all about food. It's all about uh, it's all about how how the how the wine will work with the food, the regional food. So the acidity helps. I mean, acidity is what breaks down, what what makes it easier for you to to have a big steak. You know, it's what uh, cuts through the through the fat of the steak. It's so it's it's uh, a city is always going to be present in uh, in Italian wines because again you know Italians drink most of their wine during during the meal. Yes, and of course tomatoes a big part of that. Uh, so I like to say the acidity cuts through the beef and the tannin well, cuts through the fat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, tasty wine quite an quite an expression. Uh, and this seems like it'll age uh, obviously more years. But do I want to age it more? Is this something that's going to develop? Because it seems to be. To me, right at that perfect point where it's like, wow, this is really cool. 
Yeah, it uh, Poggio Lupo. I I think uh, you know it, it'll be and, and again the beauty of wine is that it'll develop, it'll change, it'll have a different character. But I, I think it still has about a good five years. Yeah, you could put it in the cellar. Usually, I say anywhere from ten to twenty, but you know it depends on the vintage. Uh, um, this I think you can definitely age for, for but there's no tan in there that's so rough that you need some time and I think no, the fruit no, no, is it's, just it's, perfectly balanced it's drinkable right now it's balanced and it's you know it's something that you can right on and uh, well let's talk about the Oreno and Oreno it comes from a uh, a different producer or the same producer? It, it's the same family. It's the Moretti family, Antonio Moretti, and he, but he comes from a little bit different area, a little bit more to uh, to the uh, east coast of, of Tuscany, uh, a little bit higher plateau, a little bit higher elevation than 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 the than the Poggio Lupo. This is 2012 vintage, and what's the blend here? Because this is quite powerful and. He, yeah, the blend here is Cabernet, uh, Merlot, and a little bit of Petit Verdot. Wow. It's uh, obviously coming from the uh, Poggio Alupo. This has a lot of more heft, a lot of more weight, a lot of more concentration. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's definitely a different style, a different terroir. It, it does go through a little bit more of an oak treatment as far as the, the new oaks. I think it's about fifty percent of the. I was going to say the cast are are, are are new, huh? <laughs> I was going to say forty percent. Oh, forty percent. I but, apologize. Yeah, no, it's probably fifty. Um, very cool. So uh, this is Cabernet Merlot and and Petit Verdot. Correct. So probably fifty percent, thirty and twenty, or sixty. Uh, it's. 50, 50, 45, and 5. Uh, it depends on the vintage, yeah, yeah. but it's 54 and 10. It would be a good number. Well, this is 2012, so uh, m- much like the 2011 vintage in uh, Tuscany, or even Morema, because this is also Morema wine, or is this Bulgari or where? No, it's it's on the other side of Tuscany. It's on the on the east coast of Tuscany. Arezzo. Arezzo, yeah, which is really right. south south of the Chianti Classico region, yeah. just right outside. It's it's a little bit to the right of of, of Montalcino. I like uh, those towns, the, the Lucas, yeah. the Sienas, the Pisas. They're, all, the, they're the great medieval towns of, <laughs> of Italy. Where, uh, they're charming. Yeah. Sure. Well, so the Poggio uh, Alupo uh, comes in at 70 bucks, and that's available at McCarthy, and you can purchase it and enjoy it with meals at Canlis, Via Tribunale, and uh, El Gaucho, of course. And the Areno, uh, Areno I want to say Areno. I'm trying no, to it's, throw it's some it's Areno. I, Areno. I hate to, to correct no, the no, pronunciation, I, I know, but I've my pronunciation it. is not that good. So, But <laughs> it's, it's Areno. It's Areno. Areno, uh, a lovely wine. Quite bold, and now this is something you could lay down for for four, five, six yeah, years and is, really see it improve. Oh, definitely. This 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 has a lot of muscle. It has a lot of backbone. It'll, it'll definitely uh, last a little bit longer. Yeah, uh, a little bit age. Awesome. Well, uh, Marco Sorio, when we come back from this break, we're going to dive into the most famous wine of Italy, uh, Sassicaia. So stick around, folks. I'm going to taste some beautiful wine with you right after this breaks on Happy Hour Radio. Hi, I'm Mina Williams with Northwest Stir, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KVI. Only one station has Sean Hannity. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. on Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan. Hey, 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 time for round three. It's Happy Hour Radio, and I hope you got something delicious in that glass mug or a cocktail martini shell, as I've got 
Uh, well, three beautiful glasses of wine in front of me, all from Tuscany. And we are traipsing around Tuscany with uh, co-brand brand director Marco Sorio. And uh, we've tried the uh, Poggio al Lupo, which is the Den of the Wolf. That's 100% Cabernet from the 2011 vintage. That hails from Maremma. The next wine was Oreno, and this is a Cabernet Merlot Petit Verdot blend. And this hails from the, the lovely town of Arezzo, kind of on the other side. And right now, uh, the last but certainly not least, uh, the granddaddy of Super Tuscan wines is Sasakaya. 2011, this says Bulgari Sasakaya. So, uh, Marco, let's let's touch chat about this beautiful wine. Well, this is uh, this is the the top dog of Italian wines, or at least one of the top dogs of Italian wine. This is a wine that's world famous. It's one of the most collectible wines out there. Um, is a wine that has its own uh, dock or, or, or region of, of, of uh, categorization of, of, of wine. It's a wine that developed, uh, that created the Super Tuscan uh, category. Uh, it started as a simple vino da tavola, and it developed into what it is today. It's one of the worst wines, and you know, sometimes I use ratings or not, but it was one of the first wines that uh, Mr. Parker gave 100 points back in 1985, you know, put it on the on the map. Um, it's a wine that consistently year after year is is, is presented uh, at some of the top functions, some of the top restaurants across the country. And uh, you know, it's it's a blend. Uh, you know, Sasakaya is the meaning of Sasakaya is is a field of stone, field of stones. Um, is that what it means, field of stones? Yeah, it's Sasakaya. It's, it's a field of stone, which is actually the, the, the top terroir of, of, of the, the vineyard. And it's a wine that, that it, you know, wine in Italy is about family. Wine in Italy is about ownership of land. And this is comes from the, the Sanguido states, which is part of the some of the states that the Marchese in Cisa la Rocchetta owns. And it's a great family in, in Italy that has developed, has nurtured this wine through the years. Um, it's also very well known for their horse breeding. It's a beautiful estate, uh, about 10 kilometers from the sea in the, in the Tuscan coast. And it has its own breed of, of uh, actually, of, of, of racehorses um, along, you know, that... Uh, the vines, it's, it's a great place to go visit because you, you go see the, the vines, then you go see the, the horses training. And, uh, um, you know, you can say a lot about this wine. It's it's one of our most demanded wines out there. And For so, sure. The name itself, Saskai, is, is in the top tier of, of all the first growths of the world. Sure. And uh, let's talk about the blend here. So 2011, and I first sipped it. It's so wound up, so tight, but it's so powerful. And I started pouring it back and forth in my glass, and now it's just starting to show the beauty that's really behind this, the depth of this wine. Yeah. What's the blend here? It's uh, 85% Cabernet and 85% Cabernet Franc. A fi- I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that's that's Italian. It, that, it's super, it, super dusty. Yeah, it's Italian math, 85. It's 85% Cabernet and 15% Cabernet Franc. Interesting that it's uh, just two varieties because it has such a depth of flavor, but um, it's also really focused in, in that it's got dark red fruits, more black fruits, and uh, some purple blue fruit in there. Uh, the, tan- the tannin is well integrated. I get a little bit of oak tannin, but... Uh, mostly uh, grape tannin on the back. 
Yeah, it's 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 a wine that's supposed to be. I mean, obviously, it's it's a it's a it's a powerful wine, but it's it's not something that's supposed to knock you off. It's something that the the, the winery tries to to get elegance out of the wines, trying to get uh, smoothness, uh, fluidity. It's it's uh, you know it's aged in a, in new barrels, but again, not heavily toasted new barrels. It's something that. Um, um, you know, it's it's the beauty of being able to to drink the wine now in 20 years from now. But you know, uh, it's you you can go through a whole bottle without having any issues with uh, being overpowered by the wine. Certainly, it's a, it's certainly silky. Sure, That's it's a great got a a beautiful weight to the palate, especially with Cabernet and, and Cab Franc. You sometimes get this this heaviness which can fatigue you. No. But this is almost energizing because it's yeah. just so silky and and plush but structured yeah. um, a fabulous wine so the Bulgari area is known for what's you said stones is this is this the premium area for these varieties it's it's an area that's been identified and it's been tested and has some of the great wines of Italy for the French varietals um, uh, there's other areas in Italy that obviously has a great potential for the grape but this is the where it's it's really thrived, um, and it's it's an area that you'll find some indigenous varietal, but very rarely. It's mostly the the cabernets, the merlots, petit verdots, uh, cabernet francs that are growing there. And we mentioned earlier about 1968 becoming the first release of this wine. How long had those vines, the cabernets, the merlots, the cab francs, been planted there? Well, uh, you know, Sasakaya, and one of the beauties of the Sasakaya winery and the Sasakaya wine is that it has um, I, you're going to stump you on this, but I think he has eight different vineyards, uh, eight different elevations. So they have a rotating cycle of of making sure that that whatever comes and gets put on the on Sasakaya has the proper age. Um, back in '68, so Sasakaya, the DOC itself, the, yeah. it has eight different vineyards within y- that. Y- yeah, and and I, I probably I you know I don't want to miss misspeak, but but it's it's. It's it's different vineyards, different elevations, different expositions, and obviously different aging. Uh, the '68, um, when it came out, it, it was a little bit fresher. It was probably you know 20 years old. Now they have again a rotating cycle of 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 getting to the right vintage. I think they they don't keep much after 40 years, like most producers do. You know they they try to get the 15 to 40 year. That's the optimal time for. For the for the grapes, interesting. And so we talk about oak. You said it's uh, a new new barrels, but not certainly lightly toasted. Is this French, French. oak, Hungarian? It's, it's French. It's all French. Yeah. And I, I imagine just like the Bordelais, use a variety of uh, tonnières, uh, barrique, coopers. Correct. Excellent. Um, this wine, of course, uh, is 2011 is the current release. Correct. And we this you talked about um, aging. In, in Super Tuscan wines, you're looking at, again, about two years in barrel and then a year in, in bottle or something like that? Yeah, it goes through 24 months. Or, yeah, two years, yeah. obviously, uh-huh. uh, in barrels, and uh, then about 12 months in the bottle, and, uh, and then it gets released. Uh, and then, obviously, it goes through a few more years of, of 
of uh, aging in in some of the finest cellars in exactly. the United States. Because everyone's like, oh, we got to wait, we got to wait. <laughs> um, I'm so happy that you opened up the, the, the new release, the 2011 vintage here, uh, because I poured it in my glass back and forth, back and forth, and it's really very expressive wine. Uh, yeah. Of course, the balance, the beauty, the harmony that comes with uh, a two great blend is just astonishing that it can be so, there's such purity of, of uh, it's the tactile. I mean, it just feels so good on, mm-hmm. in the mouth. Yeah, it envelops the the palate. It, 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 it's almost like it's soft glove taking over. Um, the I I just got a little note. The 2011 is the current vintage. The 2012 will be released in about a couple months. So, ah. so it's a good. It's probably be quite difficult to find 2011s right now in the market. But you know, if if you search hard enough, you might be able to. Well, lucky me. Uh, lucky you. <laughs> I didn't have to work that hard. <laughs> yeah, you found your way here to Happy Hour Radio. Speak with Marco Sorio, who is the brand manager, brand director for Co-Brand, and brand, and co-brand yeah. Italian Portfolio. And uh, the Poggio Lupo, these are all amazing, expressive wines. We have the Poggio Lupo, the Orino, and the Sassicaia, of course, the granddaddy of them all. Um, you know, this comes in at, at just really under 200 bucks, right? Like 199.99. It's a deal. It's a deal. It's a deal. It is. I have one bottle that I got from uh, a wine committee member at my former gig, and uh, I I have prized it. I'm, I can't wait to open it. I think I'm going to open it um, this weekend with some friends and some family and just say, you know what? I tried the 11. Let's see. I think that it is a 97. Sasakaya. L- lucky you. Yeah. Lucky you. So maybe, maybe I'll stick around in town for a couple more days and... <laughs> Get to enjoy that. You've vintage. got a library of wines, I'm sure. You mentioned your big seller, but uh, it's quite interesting. So people should, f- they have to taste this. What, and this is really rare for us to actually open a bottle of Sasuke because yeah, you yeah. don't need to open it, taste it, because everyone in the world knows it. Yeah, it's it's. We're very fortunate that it's a wine that we 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 distribute, we place uh, without tasting. It's 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 something that people ask for, and it's something that. Uh, has his own brand recognition. It's amazing pleasure. Well, Marco Sorio, thanks so much for sharing these beautiful wines. Thank and, you. And uh, appreciate you joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Thank you. Hey, stick around. Uh, I've got uh, our reality radio segment coming up with a day in the life of Mary Hill Winery. Uh, we're going to talk about what's happening. It's uh, harvest time, and we'll see what's going on down there in, uh, well, Mary Hill, Washington. So stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. This is Yashar with ImpulseWine.com, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KVI. Only one station has Sean Hannity. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. on Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan. All right, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. It's time for round four and also time for our reality radio segment. I have the pleasure of speaking with Vicki Luthold, co-owner of Mary Hill Winery for our A Day in the Life of Mary Hill Winery. And Vicki, welcome back to Happy Hour. Thank you. Good to be back. All right. So, uh, wow, uh, the sun worked out pretty, really well this season and apparently the grapes are ready. What's, uh, what's happening down there in preparation for harvest? Well, we are uh, buzzing around the crush pad, getting all the equipment ready, the presses clean, and the hoses sanitized and brought out, and the 
conveyor belt ready and the sorting table ready, and we have our five interns from all over the world that are learning all the ropes uh, before our first batch comes in tomorrow. <laughs> so they're actually learning right now, huh? They got a little bit of video tutorial or something? <laughs> well, it's kind of hands-on, but they've been around for about um, a month now. So. Well, that's fun. Where, where around the globe are your interns from? So I have two from India. I have one from Italy, one from France, and one from Brazil this year. Holy smokes, France, Brazil, Italy, and India? Yes, wow. I know. We had one from India, and I said, you make wine in India? <laughs> and there is a little small section that they do, but they are um, very eager to learn. Wow, how exciting is that? Um, I guess I'll have to start looking up India for my Court of Master Sommier's exams coming up. <laughs> Well, you have lots of equipment, and uh, what's coming in first for Harvest? I I imagine we have whites coming in, right? You know, we we have um, changed it up a little here at Maryville. Our large white batches, because our presses are so small, we do everything by hand down here. Wow. Our our presses are small, so these large white batches, which is our Pinot Gris and our Sauv Blanc that are coming in first, and yes, they have come in, we have that picked and then taken to... Walloop Wine Company and pressed off and then immediately put in a tanker and brought to us those big, oh, huge white lots. Right. So we don't spend 24 hours just pressing white. Yeah. So that that's how that's come to us last year and this year, and it's been a huge, huge blessing um, on the energy level of everybody out there. Uh, the first grapes we'll see here tomorrow is red, and I believe they are some Syrah coming off of the Alder Ridge area. Oh, really? Syrah? You would always think with the dark colors and all the uh, uh, the, the complex aromas that that might take longer to hang, but apparently it's it's ripe on Alder Ridge, eh? It is, yeah. I mean, it, we're, we're getting close on a lot of a lot of locations. And uh, yeah, what's, the, a... what's the temperature down there on this lovely Saturday evening? Oh, we've got it at about high 70s right now down here, and we're making, um, hitting high 80s during the day. Yeah, okay. And uh, do you pick at night, or do you pick right early in the morning? First thing in the morning. Yeah, that makes sense. Get up early, get some coffee, <laughs> and hit the fields. <laughs> uh, speaking with Vicki yeah. Luthold, of course, co-owner of Mary Hill Winery, and we're talking about harvest and uh, all the, the uh, well, the preparation that goes into that. And it's all about cleanliness because wine uh, wine can go uh, south real quick if you don't take the time to take care of your equipment. Is that right? That's exactly right. Our, our first requirements on the job description out in the cellar is clean, clean, clean. Yes, and uh, how many people will be coming in to work for Harvest? Obviously, you have five interns, and uh, I'm sure you'll be making lunches, I recall, lunches and dinners and food and taking care of everybody. Yeah, in fact, my husband's in town shopping for a big first load right now. (laughs) Ah, fun. Well, I'm sure they'll have a family feast. Yeah, it is. It's it's really fun. Um, But we'll probably have about 10 to 15 people in the cellar at any given time, and we'll run two shifts, uh, morning till... Uh, evening and midday until probably, you know, one or two in the morning. Oh, wow. That's wild. And uh, so this is all indoors, or do you actually working outside and inside when you're when you're working at 1, in 2 a.m.? In and out. Yeah? Our press pads outside, um, and the presses are outside, but then everything else goes in. Now, uh, how big are the, the lots of grapes coming? You said you have a small press, but what does that mean, actually? So we can, we have an 8-ton press and a 16-ton press, so... If we pick a lot, a block of grapes that are, say, um, uh, 50, uh, 20 tons, we will use the presses 
both yeah. in order to press off the whole load. Um, and a 20-ton load is, uh, say, a flatbed trailer with two, four, six, maybe 24 half-ton bins. In right. It. Wow, that's a lot. Well, this is so exciting, and uh, I wish you the best of luck in harvest, and hopefully everybody is safe, and uh, the grapes are beautiful this time of year. Um, and I'm sure your food will be amazing, and I look forward to talking to you next week uh, on a day in the life of Happy uh, <laughs> Day in the Life of Burial Winery right here on Happy Hour Radio. Thanks, Vicki. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, that's Vicki Luthold with uh, Mary Hill Winery, of course, and uh, we love chatting with them. This is the real deal happening right down in the winery, what's going on. So you've, we've almost had a full year now, and uh, it is harvest, so I'm glad you tuned in, everybody. Saturday night's right here at 6 o'clock to 7 on 570 KVI. Uh, look forward to seeing you next week, and remember, folks, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers! 